1: Welcome to week 135 of Good Talk Spoiled Golf Podcast. I'm James Richardson and as always I'm joined with Barry O'Hanrahan. Hey Barry. James, how's it going? Good. If uh, anybody would like to get in contact with us, the Twitter handle is at agoodtalkgolf and the email is agoodtalkspoiled at gmail.com. We'd love to hear any feedback or any comments. So the Twitter handle at agoodtalkgolf. So hi Barry. Um, last week's golf from the heat. I'm being very positive right now. All positivity, you can feel it. How great was the heat on Saturday?
0: Um, Saturday was a tough enough day. It wasn't uh, It was anything close to the, the week before, but um, even though the wind was up, I didn't feel like it was ever really punishing you on any particular hole. It always seemed to be um, quite a crosswind. Um, and just the way the, the land kind of lies... On holes that I'd have expected it to be into our faces, it just seemed to kind of wrap around a hill and come across a hole. So, it was it was tricky enough. I, um, I did not start great. I had three scratches to start the round, so you know it kind of becomes a let's see what we can get out of this round um, game, a competition, and um, I kind of I, I kind of tweaked my grip a little bit, and it, it just felt more comfortable than it has felt in. As long as I can remember and it just seemed to build my setup a lot better from that grip it felt I didn't have to grab the club hard it just felt really good and started hitting better shots Hit um, struck a couple of decent iron shots didn't finish with great a great score on the day um, but I was kind of happy that I was able to kind of work on that and um, took that into Sunday and Sunday was a very calm day it was for my the, the nicest golfing day of the year it was Blue skies, barely a breath of wind, um, and again I was out there just testing what I could do with this grip. You know, I didn't really care too much about the score. I'm just trying to get the game in good shape because it is still early season. Um, I had 30 points. I if I'd been a little less maybe aggressive or played slightly, yeah, maybe less crazy on some shots or you know without testing out a couple of things like hitting a draw or whatever, I I could have definitely uh, shot. Five or six points more. It was there for. It was there to be had. But I was just most happy that I was able to kind of get a chance to work on my game in a competition and and see what I could do. And there was a lot of really good stuff there. Um, hit a, hit a couple of draws with the driver, which is not an easy shot for me to take uh, to take on and hit. And struck some struck some irons well felt like out of the middle of the club and with decent ball flights so that's really pleasing to see and I was able to repeat that uh, relatively uh, often throughout the round so um, yeah need to do a little bit more work in the putting still still getting, still having a lot of three puts there those greens are just they're unforgiving um, but I, I can feel I can see between the two of us we're playing every week we are starting to get a little bit more of a handle on them of what they're doing and um I think we're not too far away from possibly putting in a decent score around there i think it can happen um but that was that was as tame as that golf course has played uh, all year on sunday and uh it was very playable very very playable not, not uh, in stark contrast to the monster that it was the week before so yeah it's um do you know what i was just looking at the calendar today um our annual golf trip to Carn is just over five weeks away five weeks yep it's coming up fast. As anyone who's listened to the podcast over the last few years knows, we are enormous fans of this golf course out on the west coast of Ireland in Mayo called Carn Golf Links. and We go to a two-day pro-am out there every year, uh, which uh, you'll hear about more over the coming weeks, but uh, that's uh, five weeks is close.
1: Yeah, it certainly is. need to maybe hit the driving range a little bit or just, I don't know. I enjoyed the weekend. Hmm? Um yeah, I wasn't as negative as I was usually. You weren't, uh, you no. Know? I think it's a funny course. I had three birdies on the back nine, and I still don't think I hit eighteen points for the back nine.
0: Yeah, begrudging uh, smiles because of the three birdies. Like, but it was, but it was kind of funny.
1: But yeah, and Sean, who uh, who's a listener to the to the podcast, was playing with us. Played really tidy, uh, tidy golf as well. He, um, he had a really nice round. I think your dad's struggling a bit, though, Richards. You know no yeah. i I was in a dark place last week. I think he's been in a dark place for about three months um, oh, yeah
0: it's his um yeah it's tough to watch like the I think the the golf course being difficult has kind of affected his swing and that produces more bad shots, which as everybody knows more bad shots he hit generally the worse a swing gets as an amateur and um it's it's really just gone in a bad spiral in the wrong direction for him at the moment.
1: Yeah, it's going to be an interesting May for me because I don't have a huge amount of weekends available for golf, so I'm going to have to try and get some nine holes in. It's another glorious day when we are recording here in Dublin. Uh, Bright blue skies, beautiful sunshine. What is it, about 18, 17, 18 degrees today? Um, It just looks gorgeous, so I think I'm going to have to try and start hitting the course. Uh, maybe on tuesdays and thursdays or something or wednesday nights to try and even even nine holes mm-hmm.
0: would be a nice idea at the moment well, i'm shooting out for nine on thursday so uh yeah if only we could get that um kitchen recording studio podcast uh audio quality by recording on the golf course you know i think life would be a little bit easier we'd be playing golf right now but here well, we are
1: yeah, so let us know how you guys are getting on at a good talk golf is the uh, Twitter handle. And uh looking back I suppose on a few of the news items this week. Rory who of course is completely and utterly unconnected with any um any uh manufacturer at the moment, uh is kind of moving around a little bit. Um and uh, Barry he's uh Trying out a few new golf equipments for this week, perhaps?
0: Yeah, he, he was kind of seeding some TaylorMade stuff through his Instagram and just announced there this afternoon and not not only an hour ago after I'd completed the agenda and didn't have it in the agenda, he signed for Tailormade. Oh. So, um not too many details on the sure we'd never get many of the details on in the ins and outs of the contract. But he's uh, yeah he's a tailor made equipment player. He still retains the Nike clothing uh, deal that he had in place.
1: Probably makes sense because he he obviously quite liked the, the 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 drivers. He's been using them quite a bit. Um, yeah. Is this contract now? Is it going to be for all all equipment or do we know anything on putter? Which I suppose is the the key bit for Rory. Is the whether or not I assume he um, will keep a hold of the Scotty Cameron because surely he won't make the same mistake twice with what he did with the Nike
0: contract. But If you continue to stall really a little bit, I can go <laughs> run through the article very quickly and find out about the putter. It would make sense for him to... No, no there's a tailor-made spider, Rossa, with roars. um oh. stuck on the bottom of it. So that's the, the one that's been very successfully used by Jason Day, Justin Johnson, John Rahn. It's, uh, it's the the hot putter on tour and they all seem to love it it works quite well
1: well maybe he has a uh maybe it's one of the clauses that if he enjoys playing with it he can if he doesn't he can move around a bit
0: but it would be wise uh, to keep the tiger woods clause in the uh
1: well certainly because that you know we know that he wanted to get rid of the, the the nike putter as quickly as he could so um but that's it's it's a big uh big announcement uh so rory is now with taylormade um you know, it's, uh, it's a big move by TaylorMade. Um, that's, what, three or four of the top five or six players now playing TaylorMade?
0: Dusty, Day, Rose, McIlroy. Yeah, yes, I said, uh, they've got a lot of coverage. And, you know, Adidas are trying to offload TaylorMade. They bought, you know, sell them to the market. And certainly having Rory on board makes that a more sellable company. And they're, you know, fighting flagging sales. And, you know, nobody was biting at Probably one of the biggest equipment, it is the biggest equipment co- company in golf. Nobody was buying it, so there's something <laughs> off there. Um, this might be the thing that tips it back in the balance to, uh, to make it a sellable asset. It also
1: makes sense for Rory, in so far as it's it's a global company that has all the support on tour. It has the vans, it has the technology. It's not like Tiger back in the late '90s, starting with Nike, having to kind of build them up with mm. all the expertise these guys know how to do it and you know there's going to be a lot of ability for him to to say i'd like x y and z and 25 minutes later it's coming out of the tour truck to them
0: and it also means he's not running between tour trucks uh for equipment you know for this one for his driver this one for his three wood that one for his irons that one for his wedges that one for his putter if he needs replacements you know it's it's all centralized in one spot as well as which makes things a little bit easier and if he really likes the gear um i thought he i thought he might have just remained equipment neutral and just played whatever he wanted to but um you know if he really likes the gear why not get paid a few million a year to play it
1: yeah well look uh you know it's 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 interesting breaking news uh so that's that's good if we hear any more we'll certainly talk about it next week and if anybody hears anything at a good talk golf john daly barry uh won the first champions tour event and uh it's been a long time one, since, one, yeah. uh, Well, yes. Yeah, not, it, the, not the one ever. <laughs>
0: uh,
1: first time uh, for quite a few years uh, for Big John Daly to be in the winner's enclosure.
0: It's amazing. He hasn't won since uh, 2004. It's 13 years, I've like, such a long time. But it shows what a great kind of brand he is in golf that he's remained so relevant and, like, really popular win. It's splashed all across all the major golf news outlets. like, like, um, you know... Cool win for Big John. Had a nice had a lead going down the stretch. Made bogey on the last three holes and still one by one shot, which is kind of a nice luxury to have. And um Temperament
1: it- was obviously good this week. There was no break of clubs, no clubs going in water. No uh, sacking of caddies on the on the course.
0: Do you know what? And he went. To, I think he was a two hundred to one starter for the week. So anybody who was on him, um, and a few were in the golf betting system uh, Facebook group I saw. And that's a seriously good punt to have for the week. And um, he, there was kind I saw photos of it, a classy move he made. He, there was a an Arnold Palmer colored umbrella on the 18th fairway, and he knelt down to kiss it on the way up the fairway to. To you know, to the getting the win, which is, i he won a, by that stage. No, and that's, that's, <laughs> that's a funny thing. That's, like that's a big bold move. Uh. Like there was what there was a Masters, and Arnold Palmer was ahead by one or two shots playing the 18th, and he hit his drive up the 18th, and one of his friends came out, you know, called him over and wished him, um, you know, said congratulations on your win, and Arnold accepted the congratulations, and lo and behold, didn't win, you know, so you've got to be careful about tempting fate and karma against you in those situations, but uh, it seems like Arnie made sure he got home okay and it didn't go against him.
1: Yeah, well, uh, it's it's interesting. Um, so let's look at, I suppose, last week's tournaments, and uh, the LPGA was at uh, the City band Max. Um, it was the match play tournament out in Mexico City. It was being played over the 6,804-yard uh, par 72, and... Uh, Unsurprisingly, a couple of South Koreans, an American, and a. Oh, no. I knew I should have checked what flag that was. And the other person's uh, nationality. But uh, the winner of this was. Uh, Jitanagarn
0: is. Uh, she's Thailand. She? Thai, yeah. The Fi- or the Philippines one of the other. Oh, I'm terrible now. now. Now I just sound like an asshole. Um, so, yeah, Young Kim won by one, one up over Arya Jitanagarn. And. Uh, me, John Her, and Michelle. We played in the third, fourth place playoff. So uh, yeah, good win for say on Kim.
1: Yeah, so first versus second in terms of the uh, in terms of the ranking. So obviously the,
0: the the quality got to the top in the match play. Um, Do you you know what is strange about this tournament? They had no TV coverage. LPGA like event match play, which is even more rare on a golfing calendar, and they had no TV coverage at all. Like so. Only those who were on the ground got to witness what happened and Who knows?
1: Did it even happen, Barry? Oh
0: uh, they could have just made it up like um, yeah, so that's that was that. It's a bit of an unusual one and um, yeah, especially match play, it's so exciting to watch. And by all accounts there were some cracking matches and um Christy Kerr gone very well again So, yeah, on to the European tour, who had a really unusual event this week. Yeah,
1: so this was the Golf Sixes. It was at the Centurion Club in St Albans in the UK. It was being played over six holes, uh, 2,276 yard, part 24. And uh, Denmark are the inaugural champions after a 3-1 victory over Australia at the, the final. And this was really all about breaking new ground, It was about an idea that has been kind of banded around. This is golf's attempt, as we discussed last week, kind of breaking into the kind of quick fire, kind of matches are finished in an hour, an hour and a half. Mm. Kind of the 2020 cricket version for golf. Um, Did it, Barry, for you, before we talk about Denmark and, and the golf itself, as an event, did it work for you? Did you enjoy it?
0: I thought it was fun to watch. Um, I've, I've, I've kind of between like it was awesome and they it was a little bit unusual, and messy, in that they had some outside, per, non generally non golfing personalities that you wouldn't see on Sky, like Vernon Kay and Vinnie Jones. And the commentary was not good. It was not. No, yeah. Um, like there was so. moments where
1: they were like. That's an amazing, that's a great putt. No, it's not. He, he's missed from like three foot. It's not yeah. that great, guys. Like, our standard, it's great. <laughs> their standard, th- that's below mediocre. Uh, yeah. So there was definitely teething problems in some aspects.
0: There is, and they'll get it right. And I, I get what they're trying to do and they're trying to bridge the gap between um, golfing viewers and actually people who've never watched golf before. It's their first or second time or early times watching golf. So they're trying to translate the game to them i suppose in a way um so they'll, they'll fine-tune it i mean first time you never ever anything right for, or everything right first time it's impossible to do so but there were a lot of things they did get right and um i think the shot clock was one of them that was really well received all the players were saying this is a great thing other than
1: perhaps the American who got caught, well, that was just <laughs> ridiculous.
0: I mean, it wasn't like he missed it by half a second. It was about four or five seconds afterwards. Like, you think his playing partner would have shouted out and gone like "hit"? You know? Yeah. So, um, but
1: in fairness, Andy Sullivan was making the point, and I liked the idea of the shot clock, and he was saying the great thing about it was that it wasn't that like what was it? I think it was thirty seconds, and then it went to forty seconds at some point. It We started at forty, and then moved it to thirty when they 30.
0: realized there was no no need for it to be um, forty.
1: But the great thing was that. Andy Sullivan was making the point. Actually, when you realise thirty seconds, forty seconds, it's actually a really long time when you're saying like it. Yeah. It He was like, well, right before the tournament, he was thinking, God, that's going to be like I'm going to have to be aware of this. Then he was like, yeah, don't really. It's and he was like, now I'm starting to wonder why the tour takes so long to play because mm. there's really no necessity for quite the length of time that we stand over shots. Um, And he was kind of advocating that it should kind of roll out in a much wider, uh, on a more regular basis that, you know, if you enforce, it doesn't have to be a formal situation. Like, Hmm. you know, you're like, oh, you've got 30 seconds. Uh, Oh, 32, you're penalized. But that maybe the referee should be keeping eyes on people with the clock like that and kind of going, guys, you're now getting to like 50 seconds, a minute, two minutes. You need to
0: to. Yeah. Uh, but the the problem with that is if it's a half-assed way of implementing it, is then it becomes kind of subjective to what referee is refereeing, what group and what shots they time, and what shots they don't time and are they lenient or do they give them a few extra seconds? When did the clock actually start for that person's shot? It becomes, it's and I don't know, it's a a little bit tricky and leaves it leaves the the officials and the tour open to. Aggravating scenarios where somebody might get called on a, a one-shot penalty, and you know when did the clock start start, and how long were they monitored for? It doesn't so, necessarily the first time
1: doesn't necessarily have to be a, a penalty. You no, know, you but, could get a couple of warnings. Yeah,
0: uh, which which is what's there right now. The problem is it's not force. or so well, rarely that's, enforced that's, that's that it may problem. as well not not exist.
1: The the problem is that the rule is there; it's just not being. Mm. administered in the right way and I think that's the point Andy Sullivan was saying that actually this is the uh, you know the rule is there it's just not enforced and, yeah. and, and really if it was then I think they'd all kind of get moving on it. but I thought I think you're right I think as a as a concept it was a really like this is the great the great thing about this Sixes um, tournament is that it doesn't have to actually all work because it's a great breeding ground to test things you know absolutely like Did did this work? Did that work? No, well, we won't do that again. And you're not going to necessarily, for instance, say the shot clock, you're not going to throw that into, you know, a a category one tier, top tier golf event by saying, well, January next year, lads, everyone's on the clock, 30 seconds. That's it. Mm. You're going to try it out a bit a bit like they do in soccer, you know, where the rules kind of, you know, there might be a change on the horizon and they try it at the lower leagues before it gets to the Champions League or at the League. Sure, sure, yeah. This is the opportunity to try these things. You know, try what works, what doesn't work.
0: I, I, still think, I still think at the end of golf tournaments a little bit of leniency needs to come into play and so it can't be implemented in a rigid fashion. I think it's good when the guys, you know, the tension can build a bit when guys take that little extra time over shots or reading puts and You know, there's certain situations that do demand that you need a little extra time to kind of get yourself together, especially if there's a a major on the line and you're looking at a, you know, an approach to a par five over water and you you need to make a birdie or an eagle. And I think there's times when there needs to be a little bit more of an allowance for guys to take a little bit more time over it. Um, but yeah look we'll, we'll find out I suppose down the line if it's something that ever comes in um, well, who knows
1: let's talk about the tournament main in the main so just Denmark won yeah
0: just before that kicks off, I thought one of the coolest things I had all week was the entrance where the lads came in from behind the doors and the smoke and the music and yeah, I, it I liked like it was, a lot of there, fun
1: there, there was lots of bits that I really liked there was bits that were a bit cringy at times but I think that's only because it's so juxtaposed mm. to kind of the regular golf and kind of it, I, I, do you know where I could see this working really well you could see it kind of at a night time course you know flood lit, probably amazing. you know in the middle of a city where you could nearly have kind of say a Dubai where there is courses right in the middle of the city where you could get guys coming in from 5 o'clock after work hundreds and hundreds of people like mm. really packed the place grandstands on basically lining all the holes and even if you know they weren't par fours par threes par you know that a lot of it was kind of drivable par fours or yeah. you know that I can see it nearly kind of going that way that it could become a, a kind of a a night time thing in, in the cities in big cities
0: like London or Dublin or, or Paris or Dubai and you could yeah it could be a one a one night event which mm. could last for four four and a half hours you know like a, a an NFL game could a game can easily last that length of time um Cricket games will last that long. Baseball games will last that long. So if you're anywhere between three and four hours, is a pretty sweet amount of time for From, a for, night for, for the
1: start to the end of the tournament.
0: Yeah, it's ideal. Oh yeah, it's
1: absolutely ideal. And I can see, you know, if you had even if you had three holes, mm. you know, and you you played the three holes twice, that's your six. You know that they they could end up finding places in London in the middle of cities where there aren't golf courses anymore. Put the floodlights on. And have an amazing kind of Friday Saturday night event yeah be um, really good. so yeah. i I think it's definitely the start of of you know and look it's 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 something different but it was there were bits that were so juxtaposed to the kind of normal golf thing that you kind of went do I like that I don't know do I
0: maybe I do <laughs> and I think it's, it's hard to know whether you like it or because you, because it's a good thing from what we've known our whole lives or you like it because it is Is really, is is, sorry, making a mess myself there. It's a good thing because you either like it or because it's all you know, and that's why you like it because it's why you love golf, and ergo, you you think it's all right. So, uh, it'll be, yeah, look, I think the night, I think the transition to a night golf event in this would be absolutely fantastic. And, uh, but it's the
1: start, and and it it, it worked. And did it really matter who won ultimately?
0: Um, no, in the words of Shooter McGovern, golf was a real winner here today. Um,
1: well, congratulations to Denmark, <laughs> who <laughs> did who did win uh, 3-1 over Australia at the final. Um, but uh, I think really, as you say, like it, it really kind of didn't matter who won. It was just really the event. Um, mm-hmm. So look, anybody let us know what you guys thought of it at A Good Talk Golf is the Twitter handle. Uh, moving stateside, which I suppose... Uh, when we talk about juxtapose um, golf tournaments, the Wells Fargo Championship was at Eagle Point Golf Club in uh, Wilmington, North Carolina, three seven thousand three 7,396 yard par 72. Um, before we get on to the golf and, and, and Brian Harmon, who won in, in, in quite a dramatic fashion, Barry, let's talk about the golf course, because this is the first time we had seen it. We talked last week. This should have been at Quail Hollow. Mm-hmm. It's not because of, of being uh, hosting the major. What did you think of the golf course? Did you like it? Was it a course that you enjoyed seeing on the TV?
0: Yeah, yeah. It looked it was very pretty looking golf course, and didn't seem to get any negative response from the players at all. They all seemed very into it. Uh, particularly loved the finishing hole, that 18th, and it just had the right balance of risk reward you you cut like it it was right on the you know not right on the edge for going for it um for for some play well sorry most players could get it out in two and that was the cool thing so the the tournament was in the balance all the way to the end and you know you saw we we got onto what Brian Harmon did in a while but yeah I thought it was a, a really cool kind of cameo appearance from this golf course and um, seemed to go down very successfully. And it might, it might get another tournament in the future. Um, it, it should do. It, it really, it, it, it hosted a very good event.
1: Well, let's look at the tournament then in the main. So, as you say, Brian Harmon won at uh, 10 under. He had rounds 71, 69, 70, 68. Uh, one shot ahead of Dustin Johnson, who had 70, 75, 67, 67 for nine under. Pat Perez was nine under. Uh, John Ram, uh, Smiley Kaufman a couple back, um and then we'll we'll kinda of go down into the into the meats and bones of it beyond that. Um talk the the listeners through Barry the the eighteenth, the dramatic end to this tournament because uh you know I think that's probably the best place to start.
0: Start at the end, yeah. Um, Brian Harmon bogeyed fifteen and kind of was saying after the um After the tournament that he knew he needed to make a couple of birdies on the way in. But he knew what the scores were posted, you know, the the 9-unders. So he uh, made a birdie on 17 and knew that a birdie on 18 would get him out of that log jam on 9-under with Dustin Johnson and Pat Perez. Smoked a tee shot down the middle and ended up... um, Went for the green, but like being a lefty, cut it away from the water and cut it away quite severely. Played a chip shot onto the green, but it kind of hit high in the club face and came up well short of getting close to the hole and he had the guts of a 30 footer uh, across the green and absolutely drained it just in the right center it, like if that thing had missed now it was a good six seven foot by and you know the, the putt to make the playoff would have been um an interesting one but you know no substitute for accuracy he rolled yeah. that thing right into the middle and, 28 foot yeah nice nice way to do it because we, I, I, when he left himself in that position I think everybody thought, Oh, we're going to a th- three way playoff here and Justin Johnson has a chance to <coughs> win a fourth event in a row. So, <coughs> so excuse me. Um, brilliant, brilliant celebration. You can really see what it meant to him as soon as that thing went in. He went nuts and, you know, high five in the caddy was uh there's been some good some good emotional celebrations on tour recently from the winners. Um, you know, Kevin Chappell there a couple of weeks ago, you know, shows how much it really means to these guys.
1: And and for for Brian Harmon, you know, like the back nine, you know, Three under had four birdies and the the bogey on fifteen, as you said, and um, the momentum killer. You've got two two birdies on the card. All of a sudden, you go to fifteen. You've bogeyed. Mm. You know to bounce back with with the the birdie on seventeen, birdie on eighteen. You know it's it, it was a uh, it was ballsy.
0: Yeah, well, actually, I should have said it before. One of the coolest things I thought about this golf course was <clears> it allowed players of different styles of golf to compete together. See so Brian Harmon, who's not a long hitter, winning the tournament. You've Justin Johnson, who's a big hitter. Paprzyz is a medium big hitter. John Rahm, who's uh, everyone knows he can smoke the ball a mile. You have Gray McDowell, not too far away there. Um, you know many different styles of golfers were able to compete on this, and it kind of leveled the playing field, uh, which I think that you know, as a whole for the tour, that's what they all want. They just want to be able to compete against each other on any given week and some golf courses give a uh, supreme advantage to guys who can just monster the ball way out there.
1: And that's, you know, when you talk about the likes of the Masters, you know, needing to be lengthened and Augusta, you know, places like that you actually don't. Mm. You know, cleverly designed, cleverly positioned pins, everything done in the right way can allow the guy with the finesse around the greens to, you know, compete with the Bombers. It, it, it does bring everybody together and yeah. it kind of tests all aspects which is great
0: and it's interesting we'll be getting on to like sawgrass is very much like that as well you don't like it all parts of your game have to be firing and you don't need to be particularly long to compete on it and um, it's going to be another week where you're going to see many different styles of golfers being able to compete and be right up there at the top of the leaderboard so it makes it quite difficult to predict the winner of the players
1: and um, Dustin Johnson coming back trying to win again and um, Round two is going to to live long in 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 the discussion as to why he didn't win this tournament. Seventy five is just un unsustainable, but to put two sixty sevens over the weekend just shows the class of the guy.
0: Um, he doesn't even look like he's trying. Like it's just incredible what he's doing. It really is. I'm. I, I don't think we have really. <laughs> It's hard to kind of realise how amazing it is what he's doing in the moment. You know, it's only with perspective when we look back on it in a couple of years' time, for example, or five or six, ten years' time, we realise what he's doing in the last 18 months or last... Yeah, about that, has been just sensational Tiger-level golf. It really is wonderful. Uh,
1: And I think isn't that where, you know, right now, for what he's achieved over the last, you know, as you say, 18 months... That's the level you've got to be putting this guy in at the moment because it's not just a little bit of form, this guy is doing a week in, mm-hmm. week out. Like there is every chance we could have been sitting here today talking about Dustin Johnson winning again yeah. um, without any difficulty. Um it's it's a phenomenal achievement that Dustin and as you say, no no ill effects from the injury. Doesn't look like he's really, you know, trying that hard. It just seems to be just something is switched. You know, maybe it's just the focus is, you know, changed now on this is my time. This is, you know, and the belief is there. But it, it's a phenomenal achievement and uh, one that's going to roll on. Anybody else Barry over the course of the weekend? That, Catch uh, my eye. caught your eye. Job. Paul Casey there in, in tied 12th.
0: Yeah, I mean John Rahm continues to impress. Uh, He just seems to turn up and compete and be right up there every week. Uh, Be interesting to see how long he can keep this going for. Um, Really impressive golfer. He also just loves it. Yeah,
1: you know, you like I'd say if you uh hang him any day of the week and went, do you want to go play golf, he'd be like, yeah, great. Yeah. <laughs> well, you just played 36 holes ground I'll play another 18, it's fine, I'll be grand.
0: He's got he's got, you know, amazing enthusiasm, but he's just so level-headed in his interviews as well. He's he's very mature, you know, in, in the interviews for his age, so it's a, it's a lethal combination. He's got that excitement of youth and uh, kind of a good solid head on his shoulders. Um Paul Casey playing well, I mean, he, sh- he should be winning more. He's actually, um, I'm going to mention him, he's my pick for the players this week. Uh, I, I think, think he's due a big win. Um, we'll get to that in a second. Francesco Molinari, my pick for last week for this, got me really excited at the start of the tournament and then may as well have been putting blindfolded with a banana instead of a putter for the rest of the week. He was appalling with it. He had a superb
1: 66 and then 72, 72, 75. I (laughs) I, I think I may have put a hex on it because I texted you on on Thursday. No, no, that's not your fault. Steve Molinari, uh, nice shout. Uh, uh, he's, He's looking pretty good today. He was. You texted back saying, "I'd rather it be Sunday than uh, than Thursday," yeah, yeah, yeah. and and you were right.
0: <laughs> just a tremendously disappointing week with the putter. Um, he's, I don't know. He's always struggled with it. It's, um, uh, it, it's. It looks like it's going to be a tough thing for him to win on the uh, PJ tour because it's. He's always struggled to to win the amount of events that he should have on the European tour. So, and the PJ tour is a higher standard. He just. That's you cannot. Put that poorly and win on win over on the PGA tour. It just does, or on any tour for that matter. of Fact, he's uh, his ball striking is pretty solid at the moment, so it's very good. So. I, most of the time, we talk
1: about you can't have the the kind of the 74, 75s and expect to compete, unless you're Dustin Johnson. And um, similarly to Shane Lowry, you know seventy five on the first day, 70, 68, 72, got back to, to mm-hmm. tie twenty fourth those one bad rounds same with Seamus Power if we look at the Irish perspective for the moment you know those one bad rounds is is at the moment the difference between yeah. you know really competing and, and finding yourself a kind of 25 30 35 in the field
0: but it's, it's a good step in the right direction for Larry he's got a sports psychologist kind of on board with him now as part of his team and you know Tied twenty fourth after a, you know not so solid start on Thursday. He's going to be pretty happy with that. There's the signs of good stuff coming back into his game, and it's just about making a little bit more consistent week after week. And Seamus Power is playing some good stuff as well. Got got a nice and low under at one stage of the tournament, but and um, Saturday, yeah, he must have had a few too many um, beers on Friday night or something. Yeah, I think that
1: that kind of Friday kind of half finishing and then there was delays. I don't think they've really kind of helped no. at all. Uh well I suppose look, Brian Harman won. Uh congratulations to him. I suppose we're going to be talking about Justin Johnson in a minute. Uh but let's the LPGA are taking a week off and the European Tour are at the Open de Portugal. Um it's going to be played over the 7,419 yard par 72. It's a uh, dual ranking event with the Challenge Tour and uh you know it's 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 definitely a kind of a second second rate right field uh, for this event because of the players championship at TPC Sawgrass but yeah, let's few, have a look at the field a few
0: names you'd definitely recognize um just we'll go through the top few in the betting Ric- ricardo Goivea is the leader market leader at 14 to 1 um he's local and has played this course numerous times throughout his life so uh, for obvious reasons playing well and having that little advantage over the rest of the field he's the favorite Trevor Fisher Jr. is 18-1. Ricardo Santos is 22-1. Max Aron, 25-1, alongside Paul Laurie. Pep Anglais is 28-1, alongside Marcus Kinnelt. Aaron Rye, 30-1. And at 33-1, you have Justin Walters, Borja Virto, and Matthew Pavan. The rest of the field are 40-1 to now, including names like Oliver Fisher, Robert Rock, uh, Mikhail Lundberg. So, yeah, certainly the, uh, the bottom end of the... European tour, but with the full complement of challenge tour guys, like because this is a big event for them at that level.
1: Yeah, it's tough when you see the likes of Robert Rock's name, Oliver Fisher, down at this event. Like, you know, it's, it's not the kind of tournaments that I think these guys want to be at, but let's no,
0: but you know, it's a chance to win, it is. So and don't, don't uh, look your gift horse in the mouth.
1: It's uh, let's look at the the, the main tournament this week I think the unofficial fifth major the players championship at TPC Sawgrass over in Florida 7,189 yard par 72 Jason Day is defending and uh, it's a TPC Saulgrass course that we should all be very, very familiar with. Um, However, since uh, Jason Day picked up the trophy, they pretty much ripped the course apart.
0: I think they possibly had the diggers out on the greens after the last group had passed through last year. That's how intent they were on getting this done. And, you know, there's a... I must tweet the link out. There's a really good kind of uh, presentation of what they've done to the course on the PGA Tour website. But in brief, they have relayed all 18 greens... They have redesigned and rebuilt the comp- green complexes on the sixth, seventh, and twelfth holes, and the twelfth hole has been turned from a short par four into a nice drivable par four that looks to be really exciting. Water on the left of the green, little tiny little pop bunker to the back right of the green, and. You know, playing it as a layup hole is not easy either. There's a bunker all the way along the left side of the fairway, the fairway's quite narrow and it's supposed to be quite undulating as well, which'll make your layup unpredictable in terms of what lie you're going to get going into that green. So they really are asking the guys to have a go at this green and it'll it'll yield lots more birdies but it'll yield some disasters and a lot of drama as well. So, you know, we all know how great it is to look up up drivable par fours. We see that really brilliant one in Riviera every year and it's uh it's a really cool addition to a brilliant golf course that we're very familiar with.
1: Uh, I I would recommend anybody you you definitely have to do the link because there's a uh, there's a great half and half uh, where you can pull across from mm-hmm. the 12th and you can see the before and the after side by side. Um, and it kind of just gives a very clear example of quite how different it is. Oh yeah. Um
0: and there's a lot there's a lot of changes done like they put a lake in between the sixth and the seventh I think as well which is it's not totally in play but it just changes things a lot they've ripped out loads of trees to make it more spectator friendly and uh, the, the it's still Bermuda grass greens but they've put in Tiff Eagle Bermuda which is a lot more hardy and resistant to heat so uh because it's a because it's such a played golf course throughout the year they needed something to manage all that to be able to cope with all the traffic on it so um You know they they seem to do things uh, right at Sawgrass. It's one of the most controllable golf courses in the world in terms of what they they say we want the winning score at eight nine under. You know most of the time they get it at eight nine under. So um, they might not quite have a full handle on this year being the first year, uh, but it'll be interesting to watch. And uh, I was talking to Steve Bamford on the Golf Betting System podcast yesterday. He was saying that when you lay down new greens, they tend to be a bit firmer than. Greens have been there for a while, so might be a little bit trickier to hit the green hit you know the same high levels of greens and regulation this year as it would have been last year.
1: Well, the the great thing for this tournament is that really we don't know how it's going to ultimately mm. play and it is a risk and reward back nine, like you were saying, compared to any other year, you know, there's lots of par fives, there's lots of opportunities, you know, big numbers could go in and it's gonna come down to the guy who's willing to make the big shot at the big time. Let's look at the field. I suppose at the moment, Justin Johnson, unsurprising, is uh, thirteen to two uh, favourite. Rory nine to one. Jordan Spieth uh, twelve to one. Sergio sixteen to one. Ricky Fowler eighteen to one. With John Ram, Jason Day, Matsuyama, twenty to one. Justin Rose, Justin Thomas 22-28. Henrik Stenson thirty. Brooks Kepka, thirty-three; Paul Casey and Adam Scott, thirty-five; Kucher, Molinari, forty-five to one, and then we can go out further in a minute.
0: It's a deep um, field.
1: It's a big, big field, and and a lot of big, big
0: names. And um, eight places. Um, with paddy power, with paddy power this yep. week. Um, they're slightly shorter on some odds on players. So you know, if you want your eight places, brilliant place to. Obviously, it's the perfect place to go. You might, you know, if you want slightly, you know, better odds on your golfer, uh, but we're willing to accept lesser places. There are bookies out there offering better odds on your golfer, and um, <coughs> in, in a lot of cases, there. So it's whatever you're looking for. It's a, it's a buyer's market this week.
1: So while it's not the, it's not a major. We usually talk at the majors uh, about the attributes that people need. What kind of attributes do you think is going to be required this week at the players? subject to what we think the course may or may not do
0: and um, in terms of yeah what is needed this week i think you need to be a very good strategist uh, we saw what jason day did last year he uses two iron a lot to get himself around here it's um it's not a golf course that you couldn't bludgeon your way to death you know just smashing driver out there the fairways really narrow in from 300 yards on so it's a real strategist golf course. You know, put yourself in the right place to attack the very small greens here. They've increased the size of the greens a little bit, but by and large, they are small and the pins will be in sections. So you will give give yourself pretty chances if you're hitting good, accurate iron shots, but that's not going to happen unless you're putting yourself in position or, sorry, keeping yourself out of trouble off the tee. So it's really a course to think your way around and strategize your way around. It will allow golfers of all, all types of golfers to compete on it. If you look at the leaderboard last year, it's uh, a mix of you know long hitters and sh- you know short hitters as well. So it's um, it's a brilliant level playing field, and it's another week in a row on the back of Eagle Point last week where the whole field has a ch- has a theoretical chance.
1: Uh, so somebody like uh, you, you know you were saying about Jason Day hit a lot of two irons, instinctively my head always when I hear things like that strategy two irons off the tee plotting their way around, always flips back to Rory, what he did at the Open Championship, barely hitting driver. Is he the kind of player uh, that, that you know, like it's hard. It, it, every every big tournament like this is now getting harder and harder because you can make the call for so many. But if we take Dustin Johnson out of it for the moment, because I think, you know, we unless he pulls out on Thursday morning, you know, he's going to be there or thereabouts. The guys behind that, who will be, do you think, in the field on Sunday, within within a shout of, of of putting the players on the mantelpiece?
0: I'm look. You can make a good case for a lot of the big guys up top. surge playing, obviously playing great golf, and he's got the major monkey off his back. He'll be swinging free and easy. He's got a phenomenal record around here. Could he go on and do it? Absolutely. Um, certainly had to change my tune on Sergio after I said it. he would not win the Masters the week before so Jordan speed. see I think what Dustin Johnson is doing he's setting a really high standard a new standard for, for what the top guys are doing that's going to bug Rory and Jordan because they were part of a big three and now Dustin's kind of pulled ahead of them and that's, that's a big motivator for them to kind of To go out there and try win this. But if
1: that annoys, if that (laughs) if that annoys Jason Day, sorry, if that annoys Rory McIlroy and Jordan Spieth, how annoyed must Jason Day be at the moment? Because he was world number one last year. He was the guy everybody was talking about. Uh, We used to talk about the top two, top three. Mm. He was one of those guys. Is he? Is he there at the moment in that conversation? If if you can accept that Dustin is that far ahead, but if you try and put together a top two, three, four, is, is Jason Day even in that category at the moment?
0: <clears throat> no, he's not. Not in 2017. His results this year have not been good. Um We know there are very various reasons behind that, um with his mother being sick, but probably being the primary cause. But he's not there at the moment. And look, I'm not a big fan of this top two, top three, top four, big four, whatever. It's you know it's you're you're putting guys into the push, you know pigeonholing guys into this category and that's a fluid category so you're not always going to be there form is you know form comes and goes obviously not in Dustin Johnson's case he's a freak at the moment but you know so monikers like that the big three just don't really matter to me at all um it's who, who's going to show up on the day. And, it's a deep, deep field. You can, you know, J- Jason Day could get a great feeling going back there this week, and that could be the thing that kickstarts his year. Ricky Fowler is going to get a great feeling going back there this week, having won two years ago. What Just, about
1: uh, your good friend Henrik Sten 30, 30 to 1? Um,
0: Henrik's a bit all over the place this year. You know, like, but, I, I'm surprised but,
1: by quite the, you know, now they're not short odds, but. You know, it's what, two, four, six, he's about twelfth twelfth listed on the on the, the the sheet there with Paddy Power. Like, you know, that's it's pretty high in a in a very, very deep field.
0: Yeah, but like it reflects where where his games went at this year. It's been below the standard he set for himself last year. So Oh I was
1: flipping that. I was saying that I was surprised he was as high up uh being ranked twelfth. I would have had other guys uh Ahead of better, him Yeah, just because of how poor I think he's played to yeah. the level that we expect of him. But result, I'm surprised that. Uh,
0: his results, actually, when you look at them, haven't been atrocious this year. But, you know, he's had the withdrawal and just base, compared to what he did last year, he's uh, he's way off the pace. And I think there's a, you know, the knee, the knee issue might still be there. But, so 30 to 1, who knows? He's a previous player there. So, again, going back with good vibes. So go on, let's start narrowing this down let's start no we can start We could start talking
1: idea. about a lot of players I can make um, a break I can make a great case for a,
0: a lot of the guys at the very top of the betting so what I'm this week I've focused my picks on longer odds guys to try to take advantage of maybe getting a place if they don't go on and win. it. so like I said earlier, my first pick for the week is Paul Casey and um, playing very well over in the states. Doesn't have the most amazing record of the players, but he's a very good ball striker and you know can strategize his way around the course and can get hot and streaky, which they see, seem to be allowing players to do with the players the last couple of years. You know, lots of birdies was part of the formula to success with uh, Ricky and Jason Day both having a, in excess of 20 birdies in their uh, tournament winning totals. Outside of... Paul Casey I've gone for a couple of very long odds guys in um, Tony Finno Tony's been playing very well he had a third place there a couple of weeks ago and uh, just seems to be loving life on tour 100 he's, to 1 100 to 1 is juicy enough and look, if he doesn't get to win he's got 8 places to jump inside 5th odds so it's 20 to 1 on the place it's quite nice and uh, there's another one there Alexander Naran who actually is. I was surprised for somebody that high in the world rankings and who won 4 times last year to be a hundred to one in a tournament that requires, you know, a golfer to have a lot of parts of his game at a high level, which Alex does. I couldn't believe that he's a hundred to one, so I had to snap that up. He uh, he had a good week last week, but for a bad day on Sunday, he'll he'll you know take that as part of his experience and forget about it very quickly and go out here this week and and give it his best.
1: So, uh, anybody else, or is that? the kind of the pickiness of the bag
0: for you this week those those are my picks this week um, it's just it's going to be a, such a hard tournament to call it really is with that many high quality golfers and on a golf course that's as fair and open to different approaches of play as this one is it's um, good, good, good luck folks you, you could you could throw them. You could throw a dart at the board and see what happens. Bernhard Langer, five hundred to one. Here we go, James. Uh,
1: what did you say? fifth odds, one fifth odds, hundred to one for a top eight. You, you never know. You he know.
0: He's, he absolutely shreds it on the Champions Tour.
1: Oh yeah, and he did pretty well at the Masters uh, not that long ago. Yeah. So uh,
0: and this is not a long golf course, so it's not gonna that's not gonna hurt him. You know, the weather is gonna be pretty good this week. It's gonna be warm. You know. it's typical florida wind so yeah you know, it's 50, four days though 15 miles an hour it is that's the thing the four days seems to get three and a half is yeah. perfect for him
1: uh, <laughs> four days not so much uh all right well look i suppose um you know it's it is it's one of those tournaments that even though it's not a major it's uh, and i it can have a debate about that off oh, air it's definitely one of those tournaments that you know kind of sucks you back in for the four mm. days it feels like a major Sky are running the Players Championship uh, all week. The old official films, like they're running it like it's a major. Probably the last year we'll see it this in this month. It looks like it will probably be Go going March. back to its March uh, setting, and it looks like the uh, the PGA will will move to this week from yeah. next year on. But and you know
0: it's not that's not the worst thing in the world. <clears throat> it might make the uh, what seems uh, in just never ending stretch from New Year's to the Masters it might just bridge that gap a little bit and it's a nice it could be a nice way to start the year look there's an
1: interesting article that says that having it in March actually made the golf course the the golf course better It's, Mm. it's it's a nicer better course in March than it may be in May and actually moving it back. Which makes no makes sense to us end. here
0: in Ireland because you definitely want your tournament later than, you know... Well, no, I, suppose, March, I, I
1: think the point they were making was that it's, uh, you know, it, it gives you more opportunities, you know, to, to kind of, the harder the greens, the harder it's going to get for these guys. So yeah. you can kind of control it a little bit better. Mm-hmm. Come March time, it's a little bit softer. Uh, but it, it, it will be the curtain opener for the season. Uh, this is a part of the big schedule reshift for next mm. year that, that that's being discussed.
0: Look, I think the great thing about this tournament is it seems to deliver a really exciting, dramatic finish um, year on year. So I'm looking forward to it doing it one more time come this Sunday evening. And we have
1: uh, we have the 17th, which always brings a lot of uh, uh, heartache yeah. and a lot of lot of enjoyment. Uh, I, I don't know what it must feel like to stand on that tee on a Sunday uh, in the last group with the chance to win it and thinking, that is a pretty narrow green. <laughs> and there's a not small. a lot of bailout either side. It's <laughs> not, oh wait, there's none.
0: <laughs> it's not that small. Like It's not enormous, but it's not that small. But I'd say on Sunday it looks like a tee. Out cup. of 10
1: balls, vol- t- how many do you reckon you
0: get on the green? On that, on that hole. On a Sunday with the time no, no, on just, the line. No, no, just
1: well, no. I'll be fair to you and say just like what's what does it play? Oh, it's only what like a one thirty.
0: 130, okay, so one thirty
1: over water, ten balls. How many do you reckon you get on Half. <laughs> <laughs> I, would, I, don't, I don't know. I'd, I'd I'd love to I'd love to go and try that. uh
0: uh, we need to go figure that out somewhere, somewhere to maybe, try that uh, here.
1: maybe if people uh, out of curiosity what do you guys think uh, out of 10 balls how many would you get on uh, at a good talk golf is the twitter handle let us know um, it's a great tournament I love it mm. um, and uh, you know it's, uh, it's it kind of even though the Masters kick starts the season it kind of feels like this is the start of the season now we're in May and everything just comes thick and fast.
0: It's the roller coaster now. Yeah.
1: All right. Well, look. Uh, that that's the week that was, and it's the week that's coming in. Uh, you and I are playing on Saturday, so more enjoyment up in the heat. Can't wait. Love the place. And uh, at a good talk golf is the Twitter handle. A good talk spoiled is at gmail dot com is the email address. That just leaves me to say thanks, a Million Barry, for all your input. And, Cheers, James. Uh, Thanks to the listeners for listening and downloading, and uh, we'll talk to you again next week.
0: Bye, I Well, you're fine. Bye bye. bye, bye.